0: Hey, guys, this is the New Heights Church podcast, and we just want to welcome you and thank you for joining us today. We hope this message inspires and encourages you here at New Heights. We exist to love people and point them to Christ. Enjoy today's service.
1: Man, come on, let's all stand to our feet real quick. Just stretch a little bit. Get ready. I'm going to give you about 15, 20 minutes of the word of God. I'm going to put it right in you. You can use it all week long. Father, I'm asking that your people would hear your voice today and not mine. I'm asking, Lord God, that the word of God would sharpen us, change us. I'm asking, Lord God, that we would be molded, shaped, and tuned by your presence. In Jesus' name, and all God's people said, Amen. amen. You can be seated. All of you watching online, I'm so glad that you are. This is a live service. It is 9.58 a.m. right here in College Station, Texas, and I'm thrilled to be bringing the word to you. My name is Brian Hallam. I'm the senior pastor here at New Heights Church, and it is a blessing to serve God. Let us know where you're watching from, though, and I should have mentioned this earlier. If it's your first time to be with us, we want to make a donation in your name to Casa Angelina, which is an orphanage that we support down in Guatemala. He said, what do you mean? I mean, we wanna send $5 in your name down to the orphans and $5 feeds an orphan uh, lunch five days out of the week. It's just our way of honoring you and saying thank you for visiting. Can we have a hand clap for all of our first time guests online? All right, I wanna tell you a story and I wanna tell it to you pretty quick. So you need to go to First Samuel chapter number 17. It's a very popular story. It's all about a guy named David who fought a giant named Goliath. And I'm going to give you at least two keys, maybe three. I'm going to give you the first one right off the bat. You ready? The bigger the giant, the bigger the target. The bigger the giant, the bigger the target. The bigger the giant, the harder to miss. Come on, when, when you don't know what to pray, that's when it's a challenge. But whenever there's a big problem, you got a big God that's ready to move into action. The bigger the giant, the bigger the target. The one thing different between David and the rest of the Israelite soldiers that were there, David really even was, was not a soldier at that time. But the biggest difference between David and everybody else is they looked at, at Goliath as, oh, he's too big, he's gonna hurt us. And David looked at Goliath and said, he's so big, I can't miss. You got to get a revelation that sometimes the size of your problem is directly proportional to how much God expects and allows you to be trusted through the problem. A lot of times we go through things say, why me, oh God, and God's saying, because I know you're faithful, because I know you won't quit, because I know you're not going to bail out, because I know you're not going to return. You know, the Bible says, uh, all you kids are like this. The Bible says that a dog returns to its own vomit. Yuck. How many of you know we're not dogs? We're not circling back and going back through the same stuff. And that's sometimes how you know what you're going through. God may not have brought it into your life, but he allowed it to come in your life because he knows you're not going to quit. You're not going to slow down. You're not going to get beat down. You're actually going to come out of this thing built up in the name of the Lord. But the first key I want you to picture, you got a big giant out there in the middle of the field talking about how he's going to kill everybody. You got a whole bunch of soldiers shaking in their boots. And then you got young David walks up with a with a slingshot in his pocket and says, who's this clown yelling at everybody? They said, well, that's the giant. He's going to kill everybody. He said, well, he ain't going to kill me. He said, what do you mean he ain't going to kill me? He said, I got too much to do. I can't die yet. He said, well, what's going to happen? He said, well, somebody's got to go out there and fight him. David said, well, I'll fight him. He said, you'll fight the giant. I said, yeah, I'll fight the giant. He said, what do you mean? That giant's too big. He'll kill you. He said, no, 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 no. He said, he's too big to miss. You ever thrown a rock off a boat? It's hard to miss water. What happens is when you get a revelation how big your God is, your giants start looking a lot smaller. So the Bible says in 1 Samuel 17, verse 39, this is where we're picking up. So David has has, has told Saul, I'll fight him. Saul says, okay. And now they're all getting ready to go. Verse 39. David girded his sword upon his armor and he essayed to go for he had not proved it. So David put on Saul's armor to go fight the giant and he tried to walk around, but he couldn't use it because he had never proven it. He was having trouble moving in it and David said unto Saul, I can't go with these for I haven't proved them. And David took it off. You know what? You were born an original. Don't die a copy. Don't put on somebody else's armor when God's been providing you weapons your whole life. We don't, we don't need, need five hundred Pastor Bryans running around here. Come on, somebody. We need we need we need a whole bunch of unique Davids running around looking for giants. We need somebody walking around with a with a pouch full of stones, just itching for a fight. No, 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 no. Get out of the gutter. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood. Some of y'all are like, oh, good. I've been waiting on somebody to tell me that. No, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about spiritually. I'm talking about walking around acting like the devil better not mess with me today. I'm talking about putting your feet on the floor in the morning and saying, Satan, I woke up again. How you like me now? I'm talking about changing the atmosphere and the environment by determining as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And it doesn't matter what situations and circumstances I have to go through. I have already decided what I'm going to do. And now that positions me not fighting for victory, but I'm actually fighting from a place of victory. Because sometimes you got to get a revelation. If the giant's big enough, you can't miss. So the Bible says that he, he puts on all Saul's armor. Saul's the current king. He puts on all Saul's armor and he says, man, I can't wear this. Verse 40, he took his staff in his hand and he chose for him five smooth stones out of the brook and he put them in a shepherd's bag. And when he put them in the shepherd's bag, a little pouch, which he had even in a script and the Bible says, and his sling was in his hand and he drew near to the Philistines. All right, you ready for this? Here's number two. We're going to go through this quickly. Don't blink, you'll miss it today. We're going to go through this quickly. He took five smooth stones. Everybody say five. Five. Just type five right there in the comments if you're following along. He took five smooth stones. This is very important. Number one, five always references grace in the Bible. He said, if I'm going to war, I'm going to war with the grace of God all my life. I'm not going to go wondering if God's going to throw me away. God's not going to throw me away. He said it took five smooth stones. Stones only become smooth whenever they're washed by water. The Bible is always references water as the washing of the water of the word. When you hear God talking about water, he's almost always talking about the washing of the word. The Bible says out of your belly will flow rivers of living water water. In other words, the word of God ought to be flowing out of your belly. The Bible says that he went and got his weapons, five smooth stones. He got them out of the bottom of a creek. He them, got them out of the bottom of a brook and they had been smoothed over years and time. Listen, the word of God is supposed to polish you. You may come to a rest stop, but you'll never come to a destination until you get to heaven. The word of God is supposed to be changing you until you get there. It doesn't matter how far you've come. You still have a ways to go. And the washing of the water of the word. If all you do is read the Bible to try to reaffirm your current position, you are missing out on the Bible. The Bible is designed to knock the nasty, rough edges off of you. And however much flesh you got left is the part it's going to step on. Come on. The amount of flesh you got left is the part that's going to step on. The washing of the word of God. Love your neighbor as yourself. Excuse me. The washing of the word of God. Be not offended. The washing of the word of God. I've already been here before. I shouldn't have to go through this again. The washing of God. Of the word of God. I'm talking about when it starts to polish you. I want you to know the rocks don't always enjoy it. Come on, somebody. Rocks don't always enjoy a flood that caused them to tumble another hundred feet down the creek after they've laid in the same place for a hundred years. They don't always enjoy it. The washing of the word of God. Bring all your tithes into the storehouse that there might be meat in my house. Now, hold on a minute. I worked 400 million hours this week. Oh, the washing of the word of God. It washes over you and smooths out those rough edges. The washing of the word of God. Husbands, love your wives As or like in the same manner that Jesus loved the church. The washing of the word of God. Wives, submit, honor your husband. Be be honorable to your husband. You don't know what he said to me. The washing of the word of God. I got two amens on that one. I'll take them. Praise the Lord. Honor your father and mother. The washing of the word of, you don't know what they said to me. The washing of the word of God did not ask you what they said to you. My boss is a jerk. The washing of the word of God. be not offended. Work as unto the Lord, the washing of the word of God. Somebody else stepped in front of me and they got my promotion. The Bible says, if you'll humble yourself in the sight of the Lord, he'll lift you up. The washing of the word of God. Prodigal sons and daughters haven't come home yet. The washing of the word of God says it may not be today, but that day is coming and I understand it and I feel it, but I'm standing on the washing of the word of God. I dare you to pray a dangerous prayer. You want to know a dangerous prayer? God, what are my rough edges? Some people say, I can't hear God. I dare you to ask him something about yourself. Everybody wants to know their future. They ask God about their future. Sometimes it's hard to hear him. But if you ever ask him an honest, dangerous prayer, I've never had him ignore me when I was asking prayers like that. I've never had it. Lord, is there anything in my life that doesn't please you? And it feels like a spotlight from heaven shines down on these things in my life. And I'm like, whoa, that would hurt a little bit. And then I remember the washing of the word of God. Why do we have to be washed? You have to be washed because you can't be used until you have been washed enough to be smooth. Because as soon as you are smooth, now you are ballistically intact and you can actually be placed in the hands of the great shepherd and slung at the giants of this world that are trying to stop and staunch the kingdom of God from moving forward. There's a requirement of the washing of the word of God, the washing of the word of God that knocks off those rough edges, that changes you, that shifts you, that places you in a different state of mind. No, David didn't say, let me go find just any old stone laid out there by itself. Have you ever seen a rock in a river and there's only one? There's always piles of rocks in a river and they always kind of look somewhat alike in each particular riverbed. That's because everybody that stands out there on their own and decides I'm going to do it my way, the only way, I'm the only one. They're a jagged, dusty rock laying out there in the desert that can't be used by God at the level they want to be because out there on your own, you'll think without any other opinion that your opinion is right. When God says, put yourself in the flow of the things of God, put yourself in the washing of the water of the word of God and let that water wash over you as it's washing over other people because as the rough edges of your life come off, you start to get a lot more sensitive to everybody else's. You start forgiving people before they ask you to forgive them because you remember what that rough edge felt like and how much bondage it actually kept you in. The bondage of trying to make sure that every politician does exactly what you think they ought to do. You ought not be under that bondage. That's not your, that's not your fight to fight. Your fight is the good fight of faith. Your fight is to let the washing of the water of the word set your position set. Listen, I'm not against abortion. God's against abortion. Therefore, I am in line with God when I say abortion is not birth control. Abortion is murder. I didn't set this opinion. The washing of the water of the word of God set this opinion. I'll give you just a couple more because now we're really into it. Listen, God defines man. God defines family. I don't. God defines family. So you find out what God's word said about family and that's family. Why? The washing of the word of God. God. You say, well, what about, what about the, the Holy Spirit? What about the baptism of the Holy Spirit? The gifts of the Holy Spirit. I don't define the gifts of the Holy Spirit. God does. I just choose to be changed by the washing of the Word of God. Now, all of a sudden, I have a real empowered uh, relationship with my Creator that is different than somebody that just says they know who His name is. Why? The washing of the word of God. In other words, David said, I got to have something that's been submerged for a while. You know what happens when you get underwater deep enough? You start feeling some pressure. You know what's the first things that hurt? Your ears. How many of you have ever been scuba diving? Just wave at me. Two of you, praise the Lord. How many of you have ever been swimming in a pool? Just wave at me. You went down and said, who can touch the drain? Go down and touch the drain. Your ear starts to hurt a little bit. That's that pressure. The deeper you go in God, the more your ears are going to have to get accustomed to the depths of the word of the living God. There's some stuff that you couldn't hear when you first got saved, but now you're sitting there going, God, if it's your will, I want to do it. And if it's your not your, if it's not your will, I don't want to do it, but I want to be washed by the washing of the word of the living God. It's a completely different shift when you take this perspective and you grab it and you refuse to let go. Now, all of a sudden, you're not just going through life talking about Jesus. You're going through life representing Jesus. David said, I got to find me. I got to find me some, some weapons. Can I say it differently? And here, here, we'll put it in. We'll put it number two. Here's the key. We can write this down. Number two, draw your weapons from the word. Draw your weapons from the word. I can say it different. You ready? Put a scripture on it. You mess with me, I'll put a scripture on it. You mess with me, I'll put a scripture on it. And you get to the point, you know how the doctor taps your your knee and your knee, your knee jerks like well, some of y'all I'm sure it would, some of you might not, I don't know. But he taps your knee and your knee kicks like that. Those of you online know what I'm talking about. It's called a reflex. The biblical reflex of a believer is to put a scripture on it. Come on, Come on we, got, we, got, we, got, we got Facebook philosophers setting our theology. Because they read something that some famous football coach said. God bless all football coaches, I guess. But when we got a problem, we put a scripture on it. Look, you, you ready? I'm going to show you. God, I'm I'm having trouble not being a part of this thing right here. I'm having trouble. It it, it draws me back to it. I, I know I shouldn't, but it draws me back to it. But your word said that you'll place in me a new heart. And I'm not just asking you to help me stop this thing. I'm asking you to change my very appetite where I don't even want that thing anymore. I'm asking you to shift. You're the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. You don't fail. The sun stands still when you tell it to. You are the one and only true living God. If you can do anything, if you can part the Red Sea, surely you can uproot this habit out of my life. I'm asking you to rip that thing out. I give you full access to the inside of who I am. I need you, God, to do this for me. And I'm willing and able to put a scripture on it until you show up with a solution. Well, I'm talking to somebody this morning. I feel it. I'm so glad to have some of y'all back in the church. Oh, everybody that's here, but I'm saying some of the church. I'm so glad to have people here. I feel it in my spirit. Somebody needs a word. Somebody needs to know you put a scripture on it. You don't let go. You put a scripture on it. Mess with me. I'll put a scripture on it devil you mess with me you knock on my door you'll get a bloody nose and i'm gonna put a scripture on it why because i draw my weapons from the word not from my favorite instagram influencer but i got some favorites not from my favorite facebook philosopher if they say something in line with the word praise the lord but that doesn't set my de- that does not set my theology if it is not the theology of the Word of God. Because every situation I go through, bang, I'm going to put a scripture on it. That's good. Amen. You, you ever seen that show? Uh, oh, shoot, it's probably R rated. What is it? I shouldn't say it. Um, Crystal's favorite show. Let's see, what's it called? Come on, y'all know uh, Jack Nicholson and. Uh, uh, Tom Cruise, um, Tom Cruise is a, no, no, it's like he's a, he's a, he's Navy or Marine. No, he's a Marine. Uh, and he works for like the, he's a lawyer. You know what I'm talking about? Does anybody know what it is? What is it? No, I don't think that's it. No, it's a few good men just came to me. Praise the Lord. I'm just messing with y'all. Do y'all remember when Jack Nicholson, Nicholas or Nicholson? Good enough. He he realizes that Tom Cruise has him. He's in the courtroom. And he says something. I love it. He said, you messed with the wrong Marine. Now, unfortunately, he gets arrested and goes to prison or whatever. Or fortunately, however the movie was. I don't know. But that ought to be your position. You messed with the wrong Marine. Because I'm going to put a scripture on it. Some of you just coming to God. Some of you coming from... A rough background. Some of you coming from a good background. One of the greatest keys that you can pick up in challenging times is to take your weapons from the word. Say, it sounds so simple. It is that simple. And it is outlandishly effective and it will take you through the rest of your life. I'm just not feeling like I can make it. But Philippians 4 says, I can do all things through Christ. Who gives me strength I put a scripture on it Oh, I don't, I'm not feeling so well But Isaiah 53 said By his stripes I'm healed What do you mean? I'm going to put a scripture on it I feel alone He'll never leave me He'll never forsake me Oh, I got so much more to teach tonight but, or today, but I'm going to have to stop here. You put a scripture on it. I, this is the moment when I would usually tell you to look your neighbor in the face, but for obvious reasons, we're not going to do that. So look me in my face and just say this. Say, put a scripture on it. Yes. Come on, say it again. Yes. Now say this. I'm going to put a scripture on it. When I got a problem, I'm gonna put a scripture on it. I'm gonna put a scripture on it. You mess with me, I'm gonna put a scripture on it. You you mess you mess with the wrong Christian. You must have thought I was one of them. Remember when Jesus said, "Look, everybody's leaving me. Will you leave too?" I feel the same way they did. Where would I go? Oh, I feel that in my spirit. Where would I go? Where would I go? Where would I even go? Only you save, only you deliver you take take somebody from from east texas and give them a word only only you do that only you bring bring people together like only only you only you do this where would we go where would i go where would i go where would i run to am i going to run to the economy it failed where would i go It's all vapor. Where would I go? Only you deliver. Only you save. Only you set free. Only you bring captives out and set them in the wild blue yonder. Only you do that. Where would I go? I'm going to put a scripture on it. Don't mess with me today, devil. Don't mess with me. And tomorrow I'm going to do the same thing. And if you decide to sit next to my bed, I will sleep like a baby because no weapon you have formed against me is going to prosper. I'm going to put a scripture on it. I'll put a scripture on it. My family's in disarray. I'm going to put a scripture on it. He who begun a great work in me is going to complete it. Don't mess with me. Are you nuts? My king walked out of that tomb. He filled me with the holy ghost. Are you crazy? You're playing with live ammo here, devil. Don't mess with me. I'm gonna put a scripture on it. You you can't you can't even you can't even get to the point. You can't even get to the point. You can't even get to the point of convincing me otherwise. Because I'm, I'm buried underneath the washing of this word and these rough edges are coming off and you think it bothers me, but I actually like it when they come off. So what are you going to do? I'm going to hold my nose and go deeper. There's things scuba divers do to acclimate their ears to the pressure. You've got to get acclimated to hear things that you don't exactly like when you first hear them. Because the deeper you go in God actually requires less of yourself. Less of, of less of me and more of him. 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 That is the Christian way. And this is the revival that's coming out of this pandemic. I'm going to put a scripture on it. You messed up. You messed with the wrong per. You messed with the wrong church You, you messed with the wrong giant, devil. You, you thought the church was dead. The church was just asleep. But we're waking up. Because I'm going to put a scripture on it.
0: I hope you enjoyed the podcast today. If you did, there are a couple of things that I'd love for you to do. Number one, subscribe to our show. That way, the most recent episodes will always be in your feed waiting for you. Ready when you are.